Ninjas vs. Monsters, starring Alexia, written and directed by Justin, is now available to buy at ninjasvs.com. That's ninjasvs.com. Or you can rent it on iTunes or Xbox or Comcast, wherever you do that stuff. So go to ninjasvs.com or rent it, buy it, check it out right now. Just check it out. It's even got on the DVD at ninjasvs.com a commentary that's basically a Trek off show with me and Alexia just talking over the film. So go to ninjasvs.com. You really want to see this one. Ninjas vs. Monsters at ninjasvs.com or rent it on Xbox, iTunes, or Comcast. Okay, enjoy the show. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And today, yeah. we uh, want to promote something before we do anything else. Um, uh, listen, if you are in the Washington, D.C. area or the Northern Virginia area or the Baltimore area or any way that you could possibly get to the Washington, D.C. area, um, Awesome Con is coming. Um, yes, on, it is. On Saturday, well, it's the whole weekend of the 29th, 30th, and 31st of May. But, but most Sat- importantly. Yeah, Saturday the 30th, you can come see us live. Um, you can see us live with in the flesh. I think it's like at three. Um, but you like here, I mean, like let me, three. I think we should be sure. <laughs> We're so professional. Hold on. I'm here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> here I, I just, you heard me typing what I was typing in. I'm going to tell you of all the other. So professional. There. We're so um, professional that we there's think a ton. it's Saturday at three. Here we go, ready? Here we go. You, you can, you can meet, uh, Amy, Bond and Rory and uh, River. Yay, Song. Rory, you, River. You can meet William Shatner. You can oh, meet Shat- all the cast of Once Upon a Time. You can meet oh, wow. George, Take- George Takei. What? You can meet all the voices of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You can meet Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings. You can meet the Binding Morphin Power Rangers. You can meet John <laughs> Rice Davies from Lord of the Rings and, and Indiana Jones. You can meet Kevin Eastman, the creator of the Ninja Turtles. You can meet uh the uh the people behind big hero six you can meet jason muse you can meet tons of other people i mean i could just keep going i know man. it's like you just keep saying people and there's like you want to hear more people, people who are going to be there i'll t- like and i just like stop saying whoa wow because it's like it was just getting really like obnoxious <laughs> like like here are the other people coming saturday just people coming saturday amber ben- benson who's tara from buffy um you can meet, uh, I'm looking through people that you guys might be interested in, although Brian O'Halloran from Clerks, Brian Johnson from Comic Book Men, um, Casper Van Dien from, I mean, just goes on, man. Uh, uh, who else? Emma Caulfield, who's Anya from, from Buffy. Uh, Jason Muse, like I said before. I mean, it's the list goes on and on and on and fucking on. I mean, I... I haven't even gotten it. Now I'm just reading while you guys are listening to me read. I know. I was gonna say, um, like, do you want to share? Michael with the rest Michael of the Bean class? from Aliens and the Terminator. Um, oh, I had such a crush on him. Ralph Macchio is kind of. Oh you know, man, Ralph I mean, I, this is crazy. This like they had a big mess this last fight last time. But is the Karate is, Kid gonna be there? He is oh, the Karate you Kid. Don't watch, you don't watch, so I'm. How I um, met your mother, or do you? <laughs> uh, no, I. I so there's a there's a joke in there with uh with him where he's he's like he thinks the real Karate Kid is the bad guy from the movie, which is like really that's that's just that's just Saturday. 
I mean, that's just that's just fucking, Saturday. That's fucking nuts, man. That's that's just the day that we're gonna be there. Um, uh, James Marsters is gonna be there on a different day. Spike from Buffy. Um, oh wow! <laughs> like, like I already mentioned, Karen Gillan, uh, uh, Amy Pond. I mean, William Shatner. The, the list goes on. Uh, but the but the fun thing is that while you're there, while you're there at Awesome Con. Um, Seeing all of you, the really cool people. You can take a break from waiting in line for the two people you'll be able to see while you wait in line and come <laughs> see us. Come see us perform and it won't be a, I don't even think it'll be a line. Like you just come right are in, their, you know? We and are like their guests of honor. Man, we are the guests of honor of Awesome Con. All those people are coming to see us. They're coming to see us. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> so they're cool. To see. Um, Wouldn't be the shit? Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, uh <laughs> So, uh, so yes, uh, come see Trek off perform live. Um, uh, you can also see ninjas versus monsters cause it will be showing that Saturday afternoon. Um, I'll be involved in a panel, uh, earlier in the day, defending episode one, uh, which should be fun. Oh and interesting. Yeah. But you know, I, but as the fanboy, as the fanboy, that's like, that's the shit I do is I go and I, and I justify. And I justify. <laughs> that's how I do. I, I justify. I justify, I justify everything. Yes, you do. Um, so yeah, no, it was good. I liked it. There were lightsabers, so it must have. So no it must fault. be fine. Like all be other fine. stuff, doesn't matter because there was like lightsabers and the twenty-five force. of that mo- minutes of that movie was really good. So the whole movie, <laughs> so the whole movie is totally fine. Must be good. That's totally it. That's um, totally it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk real quick. There are a bunch of things to talk about real quick before we get to our guests today. We're going to be talking to, or I'm going to be talking to. Uh, I did an interview earlier with uh, the people at Trek Yards. Um, some of the coolest things you can see uh and we'll talk about it later uh but uh the short version did it did it did it did a preview for you is that these guys do a uh a video uh show a weekly uh video show where they talk about the, the ships of star trek sometimes with the people who designed them uh cool is that? You'll, hear, you'll hear more about that later but first um let's start with the sad thing there's yeah. something sad to talk about this week um uh, we're saying goodbye to Janice Rand, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Yo- uh, Yeoman Rand, Grace Lee Whitney, um, uh, has passed away uh, this week. Um, that's a, you know, what's tough for me, and maybe this was for you for Spock. Um, uh, I was attracted to her. <laughs> sure. And 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 she was very like like talk. And it's funny because in Voyager you see her older. Um, but she will always be the soft focus Janice Rand. Oh, right. Yeah. Now I love um, how they do that on the old track. Like when we have the hot woman on screen, like all of a sudden there's this soft filter. <laughs> Cause that's what happens when you see pretty ladies. <laughs> yeah. She, um, uh, it's, it's weird for me, uh, in a way that maybe that's what it was like for, for some people when they, when we lost Spock or we lost some of the other people, um, in that, there's something about being, you know, part of going through my sexual awakening as a as a uh, Young middle man. schooler, um, <laughs> that that person is gone. Um, and and of old age, she was 85. So not only can I not that she's gone, but I can't even picture her as being 85. She can't be. Yeah, can't, like she know. lives on as as Yeoman Janice. Like that's that's what she is in your brain. Um, and I think you know, I think that's kind of. Uh, 
she might not have totally wanted that. Uh, she participated in a lot of later fan trek and a lot of other uh, trek related things. Um, my understanding that was that her experience on Star Trek was not that super positive. Really? Um, yeah, and and there are different rumors, and I don't want to like the whole point of this is not to go into any of that. Um, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, I don't even call you Janice because that wasn't your name. You had a real name, Grace. Uh, but I want to thank you for uh, for going through whatever you went through to be a part of Star Trek. You are absolutely as much of the original crew as anyone else, and, uh, and for sure. So, uh, well, and I think she also she she uh, from what I read anyway um, that she struggled with addiction and uh, overcame that and helped many other people overcome, which I think is really really awesome as well. Like I think that like talk about giving back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's amazing. And I think we should definitely recognize her work in that department as well. So, um, so uh, it's been a tough year for Star Trek. I was mentioning that, um, and I'll mention that in the interview. I don't know if that was part of the interview part or not, but I was like, you know, losing Nimoy and losing Harv Bennett, the guy who is as responsible as anyone else for Trek as we know it. Um, uh, I'm glad that we have been there uh, to talk about it and to maybe shine. You know, we, Nimoy doesn't need us to shine a light on him because um, uh, the light's already on him. Uh, but some of the smaller names that you might not have known uh, when they go, it's it's. I'm glad that we're able to call them out and give our listeners just a chance to remember some of the work that maybe maybe they didn't get the notice for um, or that maybe the actors didn't feel the notice for. So uh, thanks, Grace. You were fucking awesome. Agreed. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, other geek news going on. Uh, did you see the Avengers yet? No, I'm so bummed about it too. Like I really, I hurt myself pretty badly uh, ice skating. Uh-oh. So um, I, I was like, like laid up all weekend. <laughs> Spoiler alert: so, They do some avenging. Um, do they now? Are they like avenging the stuff? <laughs> uh, I, I, major plot point: Also robots. Um, <laughs> um, spoiler alert Tony Stark says something snarky um, <laughs> uh, uh, Captain, Captain America looks earnest from That's time he, to time from time to time uh, 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 Scarlett Johansson uh, kicks ass and wears a cat suit um, uh, uh, pretty much it's like an Avengers movie sure um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I guess we'll have to wait to the next one to talk about it um, because there's stuff to talk about. There's even like controversy happening right now about it. But until you see it, um, oh, uh, yeah, you can't talk about the controversy until I see yeah. it. Well, in that it it involves plot points. Oh well, the then, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> I wonder if right I would there. even be aware of them because I don't know that I'm. I'm yeah, stay off enough. the just stay off the internet. Oh, you know I'm not a little I've bit like not been on there. Like um, I've, I really actually do have to go back at some point. <laughs> yeah, you you <laughs> like, like produce really content kind of for the internet. Like, like one of your one of the major creative endeavors that you've had in your lifetime is producing hour long content for the for the internet, and yet you don't want to go there. I don't know what happened. Like I've I've been in a I've been in a getting out and like doing stuff because I um I feel like not fit and stuff, and so I've been really focused on that. And like I kind of went from doing nothing like a blob to doing like a ton of shit. And Wait it's a minute! Really... I demand that you stop doing things that are good for your mental and physical health. And get back <laughs> on the internet where everything is internet, where Everything happens. <laughs> like so, as a result, like I'm so destroyed from that. I'm like lucky to just like lie in bed and weep, so I don't have time <laughs> to get on the interwebs. 
You know, um, well, okay. Spoil, spoiler alert. Uh, Joss Whedon quit Twitter. What? Um, Wait, what? I said Joss I'm Whedon. So- quit, Joss Whedon quit Twitter. Really? Um, yeah. Um, uh, wow. Of shit. Although he says it wasn't because of shit, and he but said it's the inter- totally because of shit. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about Twitter, um, and I don't want to go into the details because we can't talk about that. But the interesting thing about Twitter that he did say, he said, he said, you know, it became um, this place where he would go to get praise or to get uh, news or to get you know stuff. He just had to check it, and it wasn't giving him joy anymore. And doing something over and over again that doesn't give you pleasure um, is the definition of rock bottom for an addict. Wow, that's true. Okay. Like, yeah. like if you replace Twitter with booze, with anything else, you know, with yeah, booze, with drugs, you would go, you go, yeah. that's rock bottom. You're like, why you would you know, do that? Yeah, don't do that. This like, thing it's, it's a simple for pleasure. Yeah, like, do Twitter as much as you want to do Twitter, as long as you're enjoying it. And if you're not enjoying it, then yeah, okay, don't, you don't have to. Yeah, like don't um, do that shit. Like if it's detrimental to you, like stop. <laughs> um, but I guess we'll talk more about Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, Sorry, a, I was I was a little distracted because apparently the dog is wearing my underwear. Oh, yeah, that happens. Okay. She apparently got into the laundry and came out with my underwear. Like, All right. Well, you have you have you have homework <laughs> then. You you have homework between now and next next episode. Uh, to get out there and see. I go see. I, I do um, want to see it. I mean, I really do. I, I would I, like my plan was to go do the thing, like because that's what I did for the first Avengers movie. Like we went and did the thing where like you go and see all the other movies like back to back to back to back. I can save you. I can it, say like, I can save you some stuff. Actually, I can tell. Having seen it twice, I can tell you that uh, you're fine. You're fine. You like you you the the watching of Age of Ultron is not enhanced really by anything, not even Agents of Shield, which I love and I watch. Like it really, you could go Avengers one to, to Avengers two, and there would be a few plot points, like the fact that like that Shield's not really around. You know that you'd go, okay, well, how did that happen? And someone could just go, Winter Soldier, it happened. That, that's like you're yeah. you're fine, you're fine. Um, and here, other, I'll save you some money. Um, uh, the 3D really only exists for like the first five minutes of the movie it seems like they're like they're like saying hey here's some 3d we're throwing at you so that then for the rest of the movie they don't really have to try um so so it's i just i really like 3d is the thing i'm just like i really do like whether well, it's like gimmicky like to, to like really use the 3d or if it's just like kind of there and it adds depth it doesn't I add like- i would say this i've seen it once in 3d once in 2d and i will say that it adds to the first five minutes of the film and then not much more now if you're seeing 3d so you can have an excuse to see it in an imax screen the sound and picture are awesome you know it's worth it you know for yeah. that. i mean that's but, probably uh, how i'll see it but see it. but it's as good as a cheap six dollar 11 a.m saturday matinee on a 2d screen too it works yeah, but like around fine here like there's a couple of theaters by us that do like um discount days so yeah. that's just for any movie. So it's a little bit more of like you don't get less of a discount, I guess, like th- because it's 3D, but it's All still right. like only eight bucks or something. So, so that's probably what I will do. Uh, how does this sound? Um, this may or may not be confirmed. Uh, so take this with a grain of salt. Okay. If, if I were to say the word, uh, I'm just double checking. Um, if I were to say the word. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. How does that sound? I'm unsure. Because um, I have heard um, that Star Trek Beyond might be the title for the new Star Wars Star Trek movie. Really? Yeah. Huh. 
you know, it's that? interesting because it's, it's <laughs> what is you, know, you you trek uh, you trek into darkness. So they're kind of sure, and now they're Star Trekking beyond. Um, you know, because Star Trek into darkness works like as Star Trek into darkness or Star Trek into darkness. Darkness. And and Star Trek Beyond works the same way. Star Trek Beyond, beyond. or Star, or Star Trek, Trek Beyond. beyond. <laughs> um, sounds a little like Star Trek Online for me. You know. That's okay. Like, like that Star would... Trek Voyager, like the Star Trek in one word, Star Trek Enterprise. Sure. Like the Star Trek in one word. Um, I know. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it uh, could literally mean anything. <laughs> okay. Well, do, do you like it? I don't love it. That's my. You don't love I mean. it, really? I mean, it's, I don't. I don't. I don't. It seems have... plain. It seems like it seems obvious. It seems pl- oh, you and obvious. Like really? Like what? What? What would be yeah. non-obvious? As the guy who made what a movie about ninjas, you want it to be I, like yes. Star Trek, a husk of cord. Like that's know, really obvious. That. But what the fuck does that mean? Like, no, I, I don't have a right. Let me be clear. I don't have. As a guy who made a movie about ninjas fighting monsters and called it Ninjas versus Monsters, right? Like um, I don't, I don't really. Uh, <laughs> but like you know, like I, I liked that that like Star Trek. <sighs> Star Trek First Contact. It, it it had punch, but it also meant something. And it it's it, it seems almost like one of those words that is by like committee, like 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 the people who come with the Fast and Furious titles are just like it'll have the word Fast or Furious and a number afterward. Just go, it's fine, doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe it's Fast Five, maybe it's Furious Seven. We know it doesn't matter. We maybe it's know. Fast and Furious. <laughs> maybe it's the Fast, fast and, and the Furious. Maybe it's Too Fast, Three Furious, Five Seven Two, and <laughs> Tokyo Drift. <laughs> That was the worst one, by the way. Tokyo Drift was fucking. Is it? Horrible. Did you have you seen it? Have you seen? Yes, all it's of them. Terrible. Um, I have. I have. I got the um, the big Blu-ray set that ha- that's like a big wheel, like an actual so, like like it looks. I like haven't a car seen wheel. them. I, I've only seen the first one. I've only seen the first one. I've seen the um, first one, and I saw Tokyo Drift, and then I don't. I think I maybe saw the third one. I've seen several yeah. of them. And the, the I mean, one that no, stands no, out for me that was like, stop, there's two, but like the, the, know, wait, wait, the I, I was so was hoping that what you were going to say was, I've seen the first one and I remember I saw the third one. I, I might have seen the fifth one and then the second one, the fourth one, the seventh one, and the sixth one. And, <laughs> wait a second. Uh-huh. I've seen all of them. Um, no, my I mean I listened to a bunch of podcasts reviewing them and they said that Tokyo Drift was like the third best one and that the second one was clearly Oh my gosh. Really? Maybe it's just cuz I couldn't get like I just could not get behind, you know, country bumpkin guy in Tokyo it was just like ludicrous. Well, but but now but it's all connected. It's all connected because because Tokyo Drift happens after Fast and Furious 6 evidently. Well then, maybe I'll feel differently after I've seen all of them. Maybe, like maybe the sense of 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 gravitas and continuity and and where the it continuity is evidently is 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 one two one two four five six three seven. One two four five six three seven. Yes, evidently. Okay, evidently. Because a character know. a character who dies in a character who dies in three is a main character in four, five, and six. And at the end of six, he's like, "I'm going to go to Tokyo." Okay, so huh. that's the I don't know. that's the rumor. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So uh, how's so your trek time been? Have, have you been doing uh, doing any any trekking? I've trekking I've, at all? I've been I've been doing a lot of of hooing to 
because there was all this talk of it being off of Netflix and we needed Mr. A to finish it before it was gone. So what are you up so, to? Um, finally got to see the, um, like at this point, we're both of us uh, up through the, the anniversary edition. Oh, so you saw you saw the, the, the day the, of the doctor. The, that's a good. That's a good watch. It's man. it really is. Like I gotta say, like it's it's like a whole bunch of awesome with like a side of awesome topped with awesome and like drowning in awesome sauce. Even like, fucking, so, you didn't need to get John Hurt to be in it. it but it was so fine. good. Like it was. I like, mean, the moment for me and and Mister A was telling me actually that there's like footage of people like when they first uh, in the episode prior when they first see John Hurt, um, like their reactions. And like, I'm like, yeah, like I was alone in the room, like, cause he was off at work or whatever. And like, I went nutto. Like when I saw John Hurt as the doctor, I was like, what? And like I went crazy, you know? I think it was mostly good. I think that episode is mostly good. I've got, I feel like if you're going to fucking have Rose, you know? I don't though. See, I honestly thought that was a really good way of doing it. I was like, how do you have her be there? And have it make sense, like it's, it's like with, with all the people, it's easy. Why would it make sense? You would, you couldn't have it. You couldn't have the story that you had. What you could have is you could have that Rose and the David Tennant doctor from the alternate reality come back to Matt Smith the way that Rose came back before from the alternate reality. But reality. she could only come back before because the shit was breaking down. Like theoretically they fixed everything. So there's no more going between. So if they're coming out, then now we've got to address that. Like they've already set that up that like, then shit would be wrong again. Like, sure. You can't, I mean, you yeah, can't I, do I, that. Like, and I, I thought this was a clever way to have Rose there without it being, you know, without it breaking the shit they'd already done. But it didn't feel like Rose. And that it was absolutely my... did. It absolutely I, did. It felt it felt like a weird rose amalgam, and it was fun, and it was interesting. Look, and man, I, 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 I will, I will keep my nitpicks, but I will say every moment that Matt Smith and David Tennant are together is so much fun. Oh my gosh, so much fun! It's, and yeah, them, it's them absolutely with golden. Screwdrivers is so. Oh, good. there's like compensating for something. It's just so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's really like, really good. He's like, "What are you doing? Pointing them again? What are you gonna do? Assemble a desk at them? Like, <laughs> <laughs> assemble a cabinet at them? That's what it was." I was just like, "Yes, that's did like you, uh, light ever." <laughs> um, uh, you know what's interesting is that that Matt Smith uh only has one more episode right after that, right? I believe so. Like yeah. that's, that's the last thing that's on Netflix is the episode after that, whatever. That so, is. so, so what's interesting is that, uh, isn't it weird how Matt Smith had been the doctor for as long as David Tennant, right? Three years now. Yeah, I guess so. Like Did we three? were just sort of talking about that. Like how long was Tennant doctor and how long was Smith doctor? But and, Smith and still seems like he's the, he's the new interloper doctor. And here's the real doctor. To, like Smith clearly seems like the new doctor in that episode. Oh, but definitely. He was he was the doctor for he, as yeah long. he's been the doctor as long yeah but just the the he's so Matt Smithy that he doesn't leave the indelible like I am actually the doctor like like if I saw David if I saw Matt Smith I would like be like you did a great job playing the doctor but if I saw David Tennant I'd be like do you are you really a Time Lord right like, do you, do you <laughs> like, actually Dr. have a TARDIS you are aren't you like where's like, the TARDIS where's it parked come on I'll go with you. <laughs> I'm really interested to see what you think of Capaldi. I'm really interested yeah. to hear what I you mean, think we'll of, I mean, we'll see. Have like you seen the Christmas episode yet? The, the one I've, last episode? The, the one, one last Christmas episode? The, 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 the last, one with the fish? The, I like the, the one with the fish. No, the last Matt Smith episode. Is that the one with the fish? It's the Christmas one. I don't. 
if it's the la- if if it's the episode right after, I don't know that I saw that. Uh, well, you're going to have to because major things happen in it clearly because there's a new doctor after it. Right. Um, but uh, but spoiler alert, it shits on all the goodwill from the episode before. Oh, well, then um, I'm good not watching it. I'm fine right now. Well, except you kind of <laughs> got to watch it in order to. I mean, eventually it. I will have to watch it in order to do. I'm just saying. And I will say this as much as it shits on all the goodwill, the first two episodes of, of Peter Capaldi, if you like Peter, what he's doing, um, restores the goodwill. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm going to feel about him. Like, I just, I know how I feel. Like, if if he can capture some level of of Tom Baker, I might be okay. He's an asshole. um, He's an asshole. But Tom Baker has a way of being an asshole with not being an asshole. Like, there's, Uh, for some reason, he's just cute when he does it, and you don't hate him for it. Peter Capaldi um, is... Peter Capaldi is angry. He's clearly... Peter Capaldi's clearly angry. Um... And he's he's clearly angry at humans, um, but he is uh, sort of miss what he plays really well. And you'll see is he's sort of mystified by his own anger. So he'll be an absolute shit and be just rude as fuck. And then someone's feelings will get hurt. And he just he will be he'll he'll look like he really cares. But kind of like, why did that hurt you? Like, I don't get it. Um yeah. I mean, so, I guess I'll have to experience it. I really yeah. like him. I I like him so much that my mind goes from Tenant to Capaldi. Have you watched Tom Baker? I haven't. I haven't. Kelly and I were talking. Or sorry, Mrs. you really J. need to. Mister J and I were talking about that last night, where where it's hard for me to watch some of the original Star Trek because of the special effects and stuff. But I could name for you ten original series episodes that it won't matter that you can get past because the story. Yeah, is like it's really. And I would I love. Think- I would love to hear someone who knows my sensibilities and goes, you know, like for instance, uh, cheesy special effects, no matter how good the story is going to bother me. I don't know if I'm really going to get into the Tholian web. I don't know how much I, it would, that's a, with a doctor who with no background to be hard for me, but sitting on the edge of forever, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the age of that episode doesn't really matter. Balance of terror. It doesn't re- you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It, like, it does. And I think that on, Fortunately, you don't have that. You, you don't really have that same. I don't know that there are many episodes that really fit that bill. There's got to be with with that with that many years. There's got to be there's got to be like two Tom Baker episodes that you can go. You know, these two, you'll you'll get past it. The thing soon. is, like you, I think you'll get past it. I think that there are episodes with Tom Baker, like. The, but the thing is, it's like a whole, like a whole um, season is an episode, right? So there's so there's continuity between the episodes with Tom Baker. Yeah, like, I mean, basically, the way that, that it worked back then, the Doctor was, like, it, the season was the, was, the, was the episode. Like, so it would be, like, a four or five episode arc for the season. And That's that was what it was. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think the format you will really enjoy because it's that kind of storytelling that you yeah. prefer. Um, I think that with Tom Baker, there are certain episodes where you see less like the special effects are used kind of less and as a result like you will there will be less for you to have to get past right mm. um like there's one and this one actually started off uh, it's what's it called she's there's like a his companion is like when you first meet her she think you think she's kind of a bitch but by the time that the episode is done you realize she's sort of a primitive warrior chick and so i fucking love her 
Like, there's one point in the episode where, like, this fucking, you know, typical English woman is, they're, like, in a lighthouse and people are dying. And, like, this woman starts screaming. And she just fucking off, like, just wails on her. Just fucking offs and slaps her. It's just, like, like, there's just, we don't have time for your bullshit. Like, it's fucking awesome. Like, she's just, like, wail, wail. And she just slaps her, like, flat across your face, hard. And, like, I just, I rewind that part, like, over and over again. It's fucking awesome. So, like, I remember thinking, like, I don't think I like her because, like, I think she's the first one you see after um, um, Sarah, Sarah Jane. I think she's the first one you see after Sarah Jane. So um, I was sort of acclimated to Sarah Jane. And so she was kind of she seems like harsh and bitchy when you first meet her. You know, Sarah Jane had her own like show, right? Mr. I was telling me, and I feel like part of me wants to see that because I like Sarah Jane, but I, from what I understand, it's very like child centric. But you might so, like, like that. not I mean, you might, like like you you don't like all the dark stuff, so it might be for you. I've heard it's not bad. Maybe I mean I just I'm I'm I don't like when it comes to the the Doctor Who I like the the depth of darkness. I suppose you know what I mean. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't I like and I like that there's more mature themes going on like not necessarily the death parts that you seem you know that you love or whatever when people die like I'm not Oh yeah I love it no I, I like I, I well, You do there was something we were watching like so it's become a thing TV now. is whenever, so old now for whenever me, I just we like watch when real people die like whenever like, we watch a show and somebody dies, I'm like, Justin would probably love this. Like it's like my go-to. I'm trying to think. There was something recently that we saw, and like I was really upset, and I was like, I bet Justin would fucking love this. It's horrible. Well, I've had an interesting Trek week myself now that I've been watching Star Trek, but I have been f- like, like ca- I've been balls deep in Trek off the motion picture. Um, balls I have deep. Been, I have been so. Like just you will not believe how much I've been watching us do shit. Um, oh did, gosh, uh, yeah. This last I weekend, imagine. I did, <laughs> this last weekend I did I did fifteen hours on on the oh, movie. Wow, dude. Um, I just took a whole day. That's a whole lot of us. <laughs> um, uh, I I watched the burlesque show a few times. Um, right. I watched one of our awesome con shows a few times. I watched us sh- like like watching Daniel Ross get waxed, like stuff. Sure, I watched that really- several times just for fun. Well, I forgot that we had that actually. So like wow. right now, <laughs> so for those of you who have uh, contributed to the movie, you're like, what the fuck? Did you guys just give up on it? One, we didn't, and two, the reason we haven't is because we've got too much movie. Um, and I was talking to Mr. A about this earlier today. We have right now, um, well, not right now. It's shorter now, but uh, two before this weekend, the movie was 14 hours long. Yeah, like um, it's just not feasible, really, as a movie length. People really um, start to just kind of be like, you know, I'm just really not into it anymore. They're yeah, and so you can't really. And I know they're gonna people who are gonna be like, no, just release it all. Just release and, all 14 hours. And the thing yeah. is, is a lot of it's golden. Like the burlesque show was a show. It was put on. Yeah, like to yeah, be entertaining like, and for an hour thing, and forty minutes. The whole minutes. of it is. The whole of it is interesting. Um, it was there. I saw it. You know. And our and our live shows are. I mean, it's you've heard a lot of them. They are mostly entertaining because we we do a pretty good job on our live shows and the the, a lot of fun with the people there you know and and the and the musical is pretty entertaining and like like so even if we're to take the 14 hours and we were to cut it down like it would still like to just like here's all the really entertaining shit it would be seven hours long stuff um yeah like that's just not feasible we're (laughs) We're trying to make like an hour it's like an hour and 20 minutes yeah Yeah. so so, so, uh, we are working on it yeah so Um, just know that it's because there's so 
much shit. Yeah, there's so much stuff. And like, this is be- stuff that I never really, like, because I mean, you being a filmmaker already prior to this, like, I it occurs, and, and us having also made a film uh, prior to this, like, yeah, just didn't realize, like, the way the documentary footage works. That it's like, it's not you gotta like get rid of good stuff. Like by the time, well, yeah, you get to or you, but you've got to watch it all too because it's all stuff. That's the thing. Like none of it, like like you know, is is it's not fifteen hours of you know this scene over and over again. Like that becomes very yeah. easy. Well, here's yeah. the thing, though, is it's it's all really compelling, and that's what's that's what's yeah, like, like it's hard. like all that, unique like... content, right? It's all unique moments of and stuff that happened that is like fun and or entertaining and it's like how do you how do we decide <laughs> like what do we not use so like, that's, that's tough that's been my track experience is is watching uh watching us uh do shows. talk about track and it inspires me <laughs> um uh, well, I think that uh, I don't want to go too much longer before we get to our guest because uh, normally we just do a five-minute intro and let them go. Uh, but we have a great interview here with the folks at Trek Yards. Uh, this is a show that's all about the the ships of the line, the Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek ships. Um, they have a lot of amazing insight. Uh, uh, give a listen and uh, let's meet the folks from Trek Yards. Let's do it. Okay, I'm really really excited. Um, uh, right now, and thanks for the handoff, me and Alexia, to this exclusive interview uh, with the folks behind Trek Yards. Um, welcome, guys. Uh, introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about where Trek Yards came from. Well, I'm Captain Foley, and I'm the host or co-host and co-creator of Trek Yards. And I'll let Samuel introduce himself right now real quick. Oh, spoilers. And I'm Samuel, <laughs> the other co-host of Trek Yards, as obviously sounds like from the intro. Um, okay, and, and so, um, Stuart, I can tell you, you are, you, you, where are you from, uh, Stuart? I'm from Ontario, Canada. And, 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 and clearly, Samuel, you are, you are from the deep south here in America <laughs> or, 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 Texas or, Texas born and raised, yeah, Texas, no, I uh, can tell, <laughs> no, it's hard to get the accent going after a while. It's really tough to, where are you, man? One hour out of London, so pre-central England. Where, where, just what, what, give me, give me the name of the, the area, the town. Bedford. Bedford. Cool. Any Bedford listeners out there, we love you. Great town, you know. Very cool. Funny thing, funny thing is, I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. So I'm like in London, but not London, England. Whoa, and a friend of mine lived in Bedford, Massachusetts. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. We're all... It's, it's darn old English imperialism that made us all have the same names. All this, um, inception, all this inception is your dream. And there's the clues to tell you it's a dream. That it's my dream. If I mm. if I wake up, does that mean that only like seconds have passed, or am I going to get confused and will I see Shinzon from Star Trek Nemesis being really cool and badass? Because that's what happens. And that you guys saw of clearly Inception. Like, was it cool to see Tom Hardy like running around, like going, "Hey, that's Shinzon. You're awesome, and you're gonna suck his bane, but you are awesome right now." That's a great summary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Shinzon, tell me about Trackyards. <laughs> Well, I have a scimitar up here. I can't say it's an audio podcast, but the scimitar's up there in my background. So, yeah, for, for those of you listening at home, um, there are two amazing backgrounds uh, behind us. Uh, Stuart has behind him a various collection of not only Star Trek, but Transformers memorabilia uh, behind him. Um, we have a strong connection to, to Transformers on our show in that uh, one of our frequent uh, cohorts on here and uh, my best friend in the whole world, uh, it was actually the voice of Starscream in Transformers the Game. Uh, 
So if you've ever heard the name Daniel Ross, uh, he's out there and he's doing things, and he uh, he's huge in the Transformers community. So so cool. Um, and then cool. and then behind Samuel, this is cool. We have a bunch of ships. It's a giant. Is it a poster? Is it is it? Oh, it's each individual. <laughs> Uh, so it's a bunch of in so y you should see it's him and behind him it looked like there was some kind of like art deco just lines because he's a little box on my screen as we were recording <laughs> and then whenever he gets big on the screen I can't pay attention to anything that's going on because I'm like oh my gosh there are ships everywhere behind it so so where did you get what is that how did you make well, that? this is, this is the this is the new background because as Doug Drexler said get a new background um <laughs> because until then now all the show has been very white background but this is the this is the new background um and it's just 3D original 3D renders of all everything every single ship I could think of, and pretty much every single ship you can you could think of, uh, printed out high res whatever, and just stuck on the back of the wall and it's just my entire wallpaper background is just too many ships. Yeah, this was a bit of a long. Have seen project. any of our older Trekyards episodes? His old background was just like a leather couch, so it was the typical casting couch. Mm, so thanks, man. that was always the running joke. I mean, if you're gonna watch Trekyard, you're gonna see that. So I gotta point that out. Now, are there people on the casting couch doing what you would do on a casting couch? Never during our show, no. No. Well, you see, that that's the trick to rating. I agree them out. I after effects out. I mean, there's stuff going on, we just don't notice them. You, that just go there. you take the empty couch and you just kind of put it in, put it over there. And you go, here, I'll just motion track this. It'll be fine. No <laughs> um, oh, Adobe humor. So tell me about Trekyards. Trekyards, because I want to know. Uh, I know about it, but our listeners want to know. What is Trekyards? What, what is it about? Yes, Joe, what is Trekyards? Trekyards is a web series, Star Trek documentary, um, weekly, weekly show. It's the only weekly produced Star Trek show right now, which we're very proud of. And uh, we delve into the ships and tech of Trek. Um, we dissect them. We teach you everything you need to know. We want to be the definitive place to go to learn about these ships. And what's great about our show is that we have, like say, weekly episodes but also we have four different shows that cover you know the legendary ships, the one-off ships, the tech, and sort of the classic ships, and, and it's just a huge range. And we go non-canon, canon, one appearance, mega famous. And what's amazing uh, in 2015 is that we have a plethora of all the biggest names in Star Trek ship design. You know, Andrew Probert, Rick Steinbeck, Doug Drexler, Alec Peter Smaxner, Tobias Richter. I mean, we can literally keep going. We've got every single Enterprise designer bar Matt Jeffries, and there's a good reason for that. So... <laughs> So we've got everyone, and it's incredible because we speak to them regularly in new episodes regularly, and it's just wild ride. Um, and we hope to like just have the definitive, iconic place to find all this information from the guys themselves. Um, now take me back, because this is uh, this is what's so interesting to me about about these kinds of stories is that is that at at one point you guys are a fan of a show called Star Trek. You're a fan, and I assume that you are a fan of podcasts or web series because you clearly you like that. Um, and also probably fans of the ships. But when, how does it come together to go, you know what I'm going to do? Um, and like we did the same thing. We are like, hey, what would happen if you took a, a Star Trek and then mixed it and made it dirty and did a dirty, funny Star Trek, sometimes philosophical podcast? What would you do? Like it's, it's, it's so niche and it's such an interesting idea. How did you arrive at the conclusion of this is, this is what we're going to do? It's okay. so specific. Well, Stuart, you've been part one, now part two this story, because we've told it a few times. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I build, I build Star Trek models and all other kinds of models, basically. And, you know, I've been building models for years, but it finally hit me. Why don't I, you know, put that on YouTube and, you know, start having a YouTube channel? So I did that, and eventually I got this 
I call myself Captain Foley, so the Captain Foley persona came about, and it became very Star Trek focused. I show them off my collection and you my models. You're way too young, I think, but that's a, that's another another question. <laughs> um, so my birthday is May 28th, so it's coming up again. But I do something called my away mission vlogs, where when I'm going for my walk in the evening or whatever, I kind of just talk about whatever's on my mind, and um, mention my birthday. And lo and behold, I get a email from Samuel with a very very cool CGI rendered um, opening for my show. It said Captain Foley, and you see the sh original shuttle coming through the name, and you see the TOS Enterprise cruise by and then go off into warp, and that's um, awesome because I'm a TOS fanboy. And uh, I couldn't believe it. So we finally we, we started talking back and forth, and uh, he made one or two more intros for me. And finally, we ended up uh, arranging a Skype call, and... Uh, this whole crazy thing called Trek Yards was born. It's basically Samuel's idea. I got to give him the credit for this. So I'm going to let him carry on from this point. So I'm a I'm a filmmaker by trade and by profession, and I made a, a Stargate fan film a couple of years ago. And then after the success of that, I wanted to make a Star Trek fan film. So from that, uh, Star Trek Phenomenally, just to just to plug. Um, What's yeah, the from name that, of it? Yeah, say it slower, slower, so we can hear it. Sorry, British accent. Yeah, Star Trek Temporal Anomaly. It's the only fully multi-era fan film with all the different uh, eras put together. And if I were, let's say, wanting not that we're going to promote the Indiegogo and stuff too, but let's say I was, you know, cruising the web and I wanted to find said fan film, where Indeed. could I find that? Well, the current trailer is online at uh, Power Five Forty Fan Film Productions on YouTube, or just search Star Trek Temporal Anomaly and you're there. Star Trek Temporal Anomaly, search it. Uh, I know what I'm doing as soon as we're done, so go check that out, listeners, and let them know that you love them because you do. Okay, go on. Uh, yeah, so I I, I learned um, from scratch original 3D renders how to do space animations because honestly, as a, as a fan, that's something I've always wanted to do. Um, and my God, is it cool! And and I thought, well, I saw this random review because I watch a lot of content while I'm editing, and it was this, this review of, of Wrath of Khan. I was like, okay, oh, yeah. cool. I forgot that I do did Star Trek movie reviews too, <laughs> and that's what got him interested. So. Yeah, and I watched that, and I oh, I, I learned some new stuff. So I watched several, and then I watched his uh, vlog, and as you say, I. It's his birthday, and I had a couple of spare. I had seven hours spare, so I built him a 3D, 3D render. Just thought, well, you know, I, I, I don't know what came over me, really. Um, and yeah, we sort of got chatting about a month later, and within about two Skype calls, I said to him, "Do you wanna, do you wanna make something more together?" Um, and straight away, I said, "Well, world ships, we love ships. I mean, that's something that, that we're so passionate about." Um, and from that pretty much those two chats, we decided let's just do something, and I'm like some video editor by profession, and Stuart is, is a fact finder by profession. Um, so we sort of go hand in hand, and, and very quickly, within a, within a month, we had the pilot filmed, showed lots of people, um, and then started filming, and haven't stopped since October 2014, and that's been almost too long, it's weird. <laughs> So, so sell me your show. I am, I'm flipping through a TV guide, whatever the fuck that is, um, and 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 I come across come across the synopsis. I always say, give me the TV guide synopsis, the 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 short paragraph. What is Trekyards? Hmm. Well, Trekyards is, like I said, it's a documentary web series highlighting the ships and tech of Trek. Yeah. So if you want to know about any of the different ships, we take all the in-depth information, canon, non-canon game, designer, all the information, so you will learn everything you need to about any ship that we, we've already done, you know, be it Miranda, uh, Reliant, whatever, all, all these different ships and, and the definitive place. What I found interesting is the, is, is and I looked at, I looked at some of it, um, uh, 
the way that it works because it's it's like you have interviews on there with with special guests and and I'm cruising your website right now um, but it looks you have this little um, thing along the side where when you do the interviews you can see the images of all of you and I, I've not seen it done well that that's way. what I say it, it's not a podcast and it's not an interview show it's a web show with them um, and special guests because we script these things very heavily you know everything is is prepared all the research is done and it's very structured so we, we approach the designers and you know, we, we talk to them about the points we ask them the questions we build on that and we, we we structure a show around that and then i go ahead and i edit that fully and i like you say you know alongside every single thing that we mention is shown be it be it you know clips from the movies clips from the shows uh, pictures anything we can find or original 3d renders by me because we did it we did a, a show on the tos dreadnought which is a fantastic three nacelle con uh, connie style ship well it is never in any footage but I made seven animations for for the for the show, and there you go. You can see it in motion, and that's part of the the fun is to put is to bring these ships to life. Um, and it's it's fun. We did a for one of our Axonar ones. We make a point about phases, as you'll watch the episodes a lot about phases in that episode. Um, and we mentioned about the different colors of phases. Maybe they got the blue phases that the TOS has from Andorians. And I show some clips on the fact that Andorians Andorians, Andorians use blue phases, and, and the arguments made. You know, it's all it's all there and there. You know, you can enjoy it and watch along. Um, how did you? So, so you you're at a point where you guys are like, hey, we're gonna do a show together. Um, uh, and then suddenly, uh, you flash forward in time. We do it. We'll have a temporal anomaly, which will make us jump forward in time. Um, and now you've got Doug Drexler and other people on your show. How does? What the fuck? How how does that happen? How do you how do you go from I read your movie review, I read your movie review, here's here's a fun little animation. Oh, by the way, we've just jumped into the future and now the people who made the fucking enterprise are on our show. How what? How well, we would also say that back then. <laughs> we would have that exact response. Yeah. yeah, that was an interesting story because we started the, the Trekyards uh, Facebook group, which you guys can all go and join. Please check it out. Um, what are you saying that people should go to Facebook and look up Trekyards? Facebook slash Trekyards. Facebook.com slash Trekyards. People should probably go to Facebook.com slash Trekyards. Look at me. I'm just shilling for you now. Mm. <laughs> as well as Trekyards.com, just so you know. But anyway. Anyway, so yeah. So you so so at some point, someone broke the ice, and you you managed to get uh, to, to get well, some of these names. I'll well, tell the first one story, and you can continue to do it. But the, the funnest day was, I think it was in December, and in one day, I got a personal email from Vic Mignana. Stuart got a personal email from, I think it was Doug, or was it someone else? We got several comments by Doug Drexler. We got a comment by James Crawley from Phase oh 2. And we got, no, we got, and we got messaged by Alec Peterson Maxner. So one day, we got the four of the biggest names in fan films, well, the four biggest names, and we just... Let's 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 strike why on hot, and we sort of approached people and and Stuart, carry on. <laughs> yeah, well, the Doug Drexler thing was interesting because, like I said, we have the Facebook group and uh, we share sh pictures of uh, ships and all that on there, and we have a lot of discussions with the with the group members. And uh, Doug Drexler was commenting on a few pictures, and I called him Mr. Drexler in one, like, "Thank you, Mr. Drexler," you know. And he's like, "You can call me Doug." <laughs> and so I thought, okay, cool, that's kind of an in, you know. So I started messaging him and. Sure enough, Doug Drexler is the, the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. So He's amazing. He, he got back to me right away, and that was kind of the icebreaker. I love hearing I think, that. I mean, I love hearing that that is the case, because sometimes that's not. Um, mm -hmm. 
and and we we have had probably 80 to 90 percent really positive experience with the with the names that we've been able to meet. And then there's the 10 percent that really disappoint you. Um, so it's nice to hear that these guys are one that they reached out to you. Two, it sounds like, and this is clear, that they're fans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they're the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet too. And just getting Doug Drexler on board really gave me the courage personally to approach like Rick Sternbach and. You know Andrew Andrew Probert and stuff, and they are also super nice guys. And it's just amazing how how they want to tell their story, and they they love our format. Yeah, I think it's the quality of the show that sold them, and then it was just the snowball effect of we start announcing names, we started to have the, you know once your friend Doug Rex, Doug Rex says this is a great show, you know I mean I, I think we had Doug filming within two weeks, and then within two months we had seven guests, and then we had just the joy of announcing them slowly through the Indiegogo. I mean, and now we have ten guests, and there's still more we're approaching. So it's it's incredible. Um, so I'm gonna jump. I, I'm gonna jump. Uh, j jump topics here to something that I'm sure nobody's ever asked you because I'm the most. I am the most original interviewer ever. What's your favorite chip? Oh my god. Oof. God, I'm a fucking hack. <laughs> no, no, seriously. What's your, what's your, what's your favorite ship? I'm sure no one's ever asked that before. And while you're at it, can you tell me why? Um, that I've never noticed until I'm looking in the background here. Um, the space station right by your shoulder, um, right there, uh, the one you're covering up. Yeah, there it is. The one that that appears in uh, that that appears in the Star Trek films. Um, it looks like a giant dildo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. Pretty effective one as well. I never noticed. I mean, look at it. It's got it's it got the head plug. right there. It's got Honestly, a little. Honestly, it looks more like a butt plug. It looks more like a butt plug. Um, you know. I, I will defer to well. your expertise. Look at that one over there. Right That's a one. Yeah. Look, and look, the if you look at the Enterprise D, it's kind of like a like a G spot. It's, it's amazing. It's it, the ship just totally changed. Just You'll iconic art, isn't it? I will say this: I have now, as much as you've looked at these ships, I've changed your perception of them. Because yes. yes, now yeah. what I've made you see, you can now never I'm, unsee. Now I'm thinking of the Botany Bay, which is right behind Samuel there. That's the very <laughs> definition of a dildo. Oh my gosh! So With extra no. battery packs. <laughs> uh, joking aside, what's your what's your favorite? What's uh, uh we'll start with uh, Samuel. What's your favorite? Uh, Do you have one? Can you have one? I think overall, if if you had to make a pick, sort of thing, I'd say the USS Prometheus from uh, Message in a Bottle, the Voyager hmm. episode. Yeah, it's the sleekest yet so Trek ship. It's, it's the one that splits into three, right? Yeah, absolutely. Multi-vector yeah, yeah. assault mode. It's just a phenomenal design, um, and I'd love to fly. And I own several models of it. It's incredible. It's in a box though right now, so I can't show it. But yes, yeah, so it's just such a cool model. It's sort like of the epitome of the sleekness and the coolness of, of Star Trek tech to me. I think just my favorite would be. Uh, and there's but a little that's tiny Andy Dick in there too. If you look, you got to have Andy Dick. Got to have the dick involved. Yes, there has to be. No, what what you're saying is you like that show because it has a little dick. It's... <laughs> We it's are so. Dick. The dick makes me laugh. The dick makes me laugh, so it's good. <laughs> How about you? My favorite would have to be the TOS uh, Enterprise, the, the original Constitution class. Cop out. <laughs> and or the refit. It's not a cop out. It's my favorite. What can I say? Why? Because it's ge geometrically perfect. It's just the, the most beautiful looking ship. It's so s simple and yet so. I don't know. It's just there's something about it that just speaks to me. I just I've always loved it, and that's one of the reasons I think I got into Star Trek. And when I was younger, like I've said on uh, other uh, interviews before, I was always drawn to the ships. Whenever we went to a convention or whatever, I would 
pick out the magazine or the shirt with the ships in it. I don't give. A sh I didn't care about the actors. <laughs> um, they're just they're just filler. As far as I'm concerned, the Enterprise is the best uh, actress ever. I love her. And then JJ came along, but that's another story. Oh, why? No, no, I want to. No, that's not another story. That's a story I want to hear. Why? Why? Why do we not like the the JJ refit, which is well, like it's not that different. It's <laughs> it's proportionally it's a mess, and it's it's okay if if you're comparing it to actors. Like I said, she's my favorite character, but it's like sure. putting 1980s Cindy Lauper in the role. It's like why did you do that? It's so brazen and I don't know. It's just not right. There's so, it's funny you should say that because there's there, I really liked that ship. Um, I liked it, and and I don't know if I liked it or I liked how it worked. I don't know if that makes any sense. You know, what's strange. I was I was also against it in general, and then I I'm I'm a regular collector of the Eagle Moss Starship collection, and when I got a physical version, I appreciated it more. I agree, Stuart, that some of the dimensional things are off, but this it does look better, and in, in, you can see it at your own pace rather than just the shots in the in the, in the it film. It does, it does, and it's it's got some nice angles. Like directly from the side, it looks amazing. It looks an, like an amazing ship, but other other angles, it just does not look right. And the original Enterprise, you can't say that. Every angle of that ship is just beautiful. I think that for me, um, if I can chime in, um, I got an affinity for the beauty of the Enterprise D, which when I first saw, it looked like a big blob. It's a blob of 80s blobbiness. Um, and yet there are times when it's gorgeous. The most gorgeous representation of the Enterprise D I ever saw is, um, of all things, um, in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in elementary deer data, when Geordi flips around and shows you the profile of the ship drawn. Um, which for some reason that we don't know he was holding upside down when he was looking at it so he could flip it over and have it be right side up. Um, but we were talking about that. Um, but it, that was kind of the first time that I recognized the lines on the ship and I was like, oh. It's funny you said that because that mirrors my exact experience because when I saw that, one of the first things I did after watching that episode was went and draw it from the side. I still have the original art I did here somewhere. But yeah, that's one of the, I really was struck by that image, so. Um, but I, I mean, I have. Here's my problem with Star Trek ships, um, and I hate to say this, uh, but it felt like they started. And and you guys know better than me, and I'm sure that you'll be able to go. No, these ships had way detail that you didn't notice, you fucking luddite. But the fact is, is that that from my point of view, it seemed like they were starting to phone it in, and it started with Voyager. The well, first time I saw Voyager, I was like, oh, they just made the Enterprise look a little smaller, and they have little cubing cells that go up. It's a gimmick. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't save space from high-speed warp. No other ship ever did it before, ever did it afterward. It was never an issue. And when, in the middle of Season 7, they run into aliens that are like, warp speed's bad for space. They don't even mention, but yeah, but look at our awesome nacelles. They go up. See? Everything's good now. They go into the position that the nacelles always were in in the first place. So, so um, it started there. And then there were there was this 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 time in Star Trek where like right around first contact where all the ships started looking badass like they, and I was probably was it the Kira class that was the first one that was kind of like like it was like we're Star Trek fuck you like it was yeah, just like like um and that was a cool looking ship mm -hmm. and then every ship looked like it um. And Enterprise, <laughs> even the even the NX01 which is the Kira upside down basically yeah the the. It hey, was we're on like, 20 minutes on that. It's not exactly that. I've done renders. Come on, guys. 
Well, it's sure. like that it's upside down, and then you put on the nacelles from the original Starship Enterprise. You go, no, look, it's got the twirl, twirly things on the front. See, it's totally old. It's Actually, when you put them when you put them side by side, there is quite a difference, which I didn't realize until Samuel did that for our episode. Yeah, I made a point of making that a clear distinction. So, watch yeah. trekkills.com an X01 episode. Watch that. You'll see that it's not the same. <laughs> we have Doug Drexler, obviously. Um, my favorite, my favorite is the Romulan Warbird. The Derodex version. Um, well, no, oh, which one? <laughs> no, the TNG version. The Derodex, yeah. Um, it is. It is a mean. It's as mean as the Klingon ships ever looked. Mm. It is meaner. It is sleeker. It is more dangerous. You could do those awesome shots through it that they would do, where it would like pull mm. up, and uh, it was gorgeous. Um, I have a anyone who listens to our show knows that I have an affinity for the Romulans because I. I was a professional Romulan for three years. Um, uh, long story. Um, uh, uh, but that's what I did. That was my job. Um, uh, and my and our listeners are going, yes, Justin, we know. Stop fucking bringing it up. I, um, but I, I love that ship, and I had a little keychain of that ship because it's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous design. I honestly don't feel like they ever did better except for maybe my favorite little turtle, um, the Defiant. I love the Defiant. It's a fantastic design, absolutely. It's just I think cool. everybody loves the Defiant to some degree. Well, it's what I like about it is that it was the first time that I felt like they were finally re- like if you re- if you look at the Cleon ships and you look at the Romulan ships and you look at the the all the Star Trek ships at this point, it was clear they were going. Look, the science is this: you have to have the nacelles there, and they have to be separate, and then they create the warp field, and blah blah blah. And the Defiant was just like, no, fuck it, no, you know what? Now we look like this because we're awesome. You, you want to argue? We will fuck you up. And that's kind of what that like. That's like the design of the Defiant. Now I'm sure that if you read the technical manual, they'll give you great examples of why you don't need the nacelles to do it. But the fact is, is that Ron Moore was like, "Fuck it, no, this is what I want. It's going to be like this now," and I like it. It was it was innovative in ways that I felt like Star Trek ships sometimes aren't. It's true. Um... <laughs> there is a certain design aesthetic to Star Trek ships. Like Doug Drexler said, I mean, it has the, the nacelles and the primary hull. They're all the same. There's only so many configurations you can put them in. And, uh, yeah, it was a neat departure. I really appreciated it. And yet, it's immediately recognizable as Starfleet. And that's what I love. It's like, it's it's a totally different design, but you, there's, you, you could immediately see it and go, that is a Starfleet ship. There's no question about it. It has a saucer section. It has its own section within the ship that I love. Um, anyway, sorry. I'm gonna, I, I, I keep seeing Samuel about to talk, and he goes, ah, like he's going to talk, and I go, okay, I'm going to... So go for it, please. Yeah, I, th- I think what's interesting about what you say about it, it not being revolutionary enough, uh, Voyager sort of onwards, it's the same time period. You know, uh, classic to refit to TNG, that was such a time gap that they were revolutionary. We've spoken to all the people behind those stages, and we know why. Beyond that point, I mean, it's it's within 10, 15 years. I mean, how much advancement when you're at that stage? And I I like the ships we see later on because it's an it's a evolution. And it's a it's, it's a subtle, sleek evolution. And I agree, it's not as revolutionary. Uh, but I don't see that many ships really, really. Uh, obviously, first contact we see quite a few more, but that's done by ILM guys who invented a couple. So that's not necessarily the designers behind the show, which is why it's kind of more radical. Um, but I do see what I mean. But it, it it's it's. They're still good in their own way. Come on, we, we love all the ships. There's even JJ, Stuart. You know we like JJ ships even in different ways. I like it a tad, a little bit. 
there's something about the scimitar, which, um, <laughs> if you really think about it, what was the name of the of of the Section Thirty One ship in Into Darkness? Um, vengeance. The Vengeance. Um, mm. I like the idea of those two ships, and that nobody had ever done it before. And it's the most obvious idea. Just like you know what, we're just gonna build the biggest fucking ship. It's gonna be gigantic. And just when they list in in and really, there's a there's a lot of Into Darkness that actually takes from um, uh, Nemesis. That is interesting. Yep. Um, uh, of all the things they'd pull from, um, uh, but just the idea of we're gonna have a big, giant, huge ship with more guns than you could ever think of, and fuck you, like 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 what what are you gonna do? And we and it can cloak, and and there's nothing you can do. And can uh, firewall cloaked. Um, and it just was like a like like again, somebody finally thought up. Oh, let's do that. And it's just interesting to me that that was that it took all the shows and all those movies for someone to go, yeah, why don't the Klingons or the Romulans or you know? Which is interesting because you say that, and yet Nemesis people don't like as much, and 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 Into Darkness don't like as much. People don't go against the the Scimitar for its some of its obvious features, and some people go against the Vengeance for its obvious features because those extremes is not what Star Trek's about. The Daredevil is an interesting example that worked at scale because it was the first new ship we saw so we couldn't compare it to anything there's no reason for the vengeance to be so large scimitar i think works so i'm not going to go against it <laughs> well and it but, works as a concept and i don't think that anybody is turning on on like i'm sure if you've got a top 10 list for nemesis or into darkness problems like they like the <laughs> ship would not be listed like like people, nobody's going to the top of the thing and going that fucking ship i hate that ship the ship's the worst. Well, that's no, what Trek is for, for the exclusive ship knowledge and exclusive ship talk. Um, which is cool because it's something, you know, it it's something that um, I don't uh, I don't always have an emotional connection to. The only ship that it ever really bothered me when it blew up was the Enterprise D. Because that was like that was home for seven seasons. It was completely unchanged except for the lighting um, at, from the from the show. And they just they just wrecked it like they on screen Deanna, in front of you. They let Deanna drive again. That's what happened. Well, that's what you do. <laughs> you let her drive, and she's going to crash the ship into something. Um, uh, poor Deanna. Um, <laughs> um, but I I think what's interesting though is that that uh, I must be. I don't want to say in the minority, but there must be a, a very vocal majority who feels the same way we do because it is treated in Star Trek Three as as big a thing as Spock dying that the Enterprise is destroyed. Mm-hmm. It is treated at with the same amount of gravity. Um, and it's interesting to me. Uh, do you feel the emotional connections to the ships as characters? I do. And yeah, that Star Trek Three that, that hurt me, man. <laughs> Still does. Still gets to me. See, the difference between me and Stuart is, is that Stuart was there from the start, whereas I was there much later on. I was, I, I was sort of lived through Voyager in that era, so everything was already there for me. So there, Not quite the start. Come on now. I was born in 74, now give me a little bit of credit. <laughs> Not that old. Yeah, we're like the same age. Like, stop picking on us, man. I'm going to get my walker and get over there right there. <laughs> I've got phaser rifles. You, you can't stop me. No, no. no I've got the little keychain phasers. I'll be fine. Oh. 
no i mean obviously i didn't see that i think at the time that impact was far greater than now it still resonates obviously but knowing it comes back with a little paint today um yeah I mean, the ships are characters especially like say since you live on them for so long even the ship they don't see as, as much like the defiant or whatever i mean these are iconic pieces of star trek history that that live beyond sometimes the characters because you you see them on posters you you see you see ds9 that will always be deep space nine that's that I, that summarizes the show the characters might not in the same way you know so it's an interesting the ships are important basically <laughs> well, and i wanted to ask you about that because you talk a lot about ships do you talk about the stations do you have a ds9 like conversation we do indeed we have uh, rick sternbach who designed deep space nine uh, have, have him talking about the station. We, we do space stations. We do everything. Our one, our one branch off show is Star Trek Treknology. We, there's, we showed you how the transporter works in a two-part episode. How communicators work. In yeah. depth. <laughs> in depth. Very in depth. Very in depth. <laughs> well, I remember, like, 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 not to get gross, because my show never does this, but uh, my favorite, uh, my favorite high school and college uh, bathroom reading book was the Star Trek Technical Manual. Um, uh, the original was, or the TNG? The the TNG one, um, the the TNG one, the one that everyone had, like the yeah. one that like that that even casual people they would get that. And uh, I don't know how how old are you, Samuel? Do you mind do you mind let us know? Twenty two almost. Twenty two. So um, there was a time, uh, let's say back around yeah ninety to ninety four, where like even the most casual person who wasn't really a fan would have the Star Trek encyclopedia. And maybe the Star Trek chronology, the history of the future, um, the two versions that they made of that, and uh, and the technical manual, and they were like little coffee table books, and people look at ah, people who like stopped watching Trek when Next Gen ended, had that, um, and I love, I mean, the technical manual was was a window into this whole idea of world building that that was that was interesting to me. Um, I want to ask you about DS9. What is uh, what are some of the insights that you were able to get on? Because that's like when I talk about what my favorite thing, I did not include the shit, the the stations in there. DS9 more than any any other place, I had a sense of geography. Um, mm -hmm. I I kind of knew where the bridge was on the Enterprise D. I could tell you where Ten Forward was clearly, and you knew that the uh, you knew that um, engineering was in the back section. Um, but DS9, you could you really could get a sense when you were in a room of where that room was on the station, uh, the way they shot it on the inside. They gave you a real sense of the geography of the station. I loved Deep Space Nine um, for that, for more than anything else, giving me the sense that I was not on a soundstage. Um, so what, for you, when you did the interview, when you found out about DS9 or through your own personal research, what are some of the interesting things about that, since it's my favorite? Hmm... Well, I'd say go watch the episode. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't know. Samuel, can you think of anything right offhand? Oh, I got, yeah, I got one straight away. I think the most interesting thing for me was that the, one of the original briefs for DS9 was it's kind of an oil refinery in space. And to, we got a picture of the original uh, foam core mold they made of it to show the producers. And they said no straight away because it's a weird. But that was, again, watch the show for the picture, but it's just... That could have been DS9 to see the evolution to, and to speak to Rick in depth as we're doing the episode because we're breaking down these famous ships. So the entire 20 minutes is just about the original, how did you get to the final design? And to, to, to hear how he evolved it, and we have lots of uh, CG renders of, of, of the progression, and it really 
some serious thought went into it, and it's just amazing to see where it came from to where it went. And like you say, it's definitely the most well-thought-out space station, and, and we'll look forward to doing more episodes on it. <laughs> yeah, and something else I learned about uh, Deep Space Nine in that episode was that originally it wasn't meant to be um, any particular race. It was an alien artifact that was found, an alien space station, that uh, they could communicate with telepathically and stuff. It was very alien and very out there, but uh, that was kind of... As, as Doug would say, you know, the monkey brain. The monkey brain can't understand that, so they had to make it more relatable. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, I ultimately think it was, a great, uh, it was a great choice to make it more relatable because it's um, the idea of living in the station of the enemy and the station itself being a representation of the bad things that happened before and overcoming the station. And over, I, I think there's symbolism in there that, that thematically works. Blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, um, in that we are running out of time a little bit, um, I'm going to give you guys some time to talk about um, your Indiegogo. Why are you doing an Indiegogo, and what can I, um, as a contributor, get if I go to your Indiegogo? What is that all about? I can start this one off. Well, we've been going since October. Uh, 30 shows as of this Saturday, which is amazing, and like I say, about 10 designers, uh, you know, the people who made the ships, and... We want to bring out every single week on the dot, guaranteed, like the re most regular content you can find uh, in terms of Trek video. But they keep getting more complicated. They keep taking long to, re to render and edit and things. And just, it's all our own personal time. But what can we speed up personal time is, is computer hardware. Because if you can get a higher-end PC, you can cut all of the times down in half, and that timing put into another episode. So by... So this Indiegogo is literally just to 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 you know to cover the cost that we've always spent on, on microphones and on the video which we bought ourselves, and to buy these new this new PC which will cut everything in half and just mean that we can not only make more but but higher quality in the time we have and uh, you know cool things you can get. Well, we have these designers and and we as fans because at the end of the day we're fans we want to bring a bit more communication between these iconic names. And, and the fans. So we, uh, if you donate $30, you can join the exclusive Facebook group, which is sort of nicking Axnar's idea. But we love Alex, so it's fine. And Alex loves us, so it's fine. <laughs> um, so you get part of an exclusive donor group, and we do monthly Q&As with the designers. So if you want to have a question asked, if you want to ask a question to Rick Steinbeck or, or whoever, then you will we'll collect, uh, collect those questions, get him to answer them on video, and you'll have a shout-out video just for you you know, your question answered in full detail, and that's an incredible thing to have. But obviously, you can get digital posters, and you can pick a show, and you can be on a show, and you can be an executive producer, all, all sorts of standard stuff. Um, we try to stay away from physical stuff this time just because the money has to go towards the kit. We can't spend the money on perks because this is, the, this is our first step towards improving the show. Um, we're not there yet. We're at 40, uh, 45%, so a bit, bit to go with seven days. But we're hoping, you know, last few days tends to, to be a bit of a jump. Um, but, I mean, anything, anything anyone can give will physically go into our, our kit, which we need to keep it going through this and, year, next year, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and like I'd like to point out too, like Doug Drexler said in our Indiegogo video, you know, we've been making content from the beginning. It's not like we're on Indiegogo saying, give us money, we, we promise all these grand things. Like, we've been giving you quality content every week. Um, like, we're on episode 30 now. And we just want to make that easier for us to do. So that's why we're asking the fans for a little bit of help. And uh, I think... You know, like Doug said, we are producing quality show that people are enjoying, and we have the proof it's out there, and it's not just promises. So what you're saying is you, you're not like those assholes who say, we're going to make a movie, and they raise a bunch of money, and then they take two years to cut it together because they're really busy. 
Yeah, hey, that's exactly. my film as well. Oi. Hey, hey. Double bad shout out. <laughs> Us too, man. No, we're working on it, Trek Off the Motion. So am I, so are we. Trek Off the Motion picture is happening. I promise. I worked 15 hours on it last weekend. It, it's not left my mind. Um, this is what I want to say about uh, two things about what you guys have told me. One, for those of you who've never edited a video, let me just get you a, a the, the paint a picture in your head. You work for hours hours on something, you think you have it right, and there's something called a preview window where it plays perfectly for you on a little screen, you're like, oh, it's great. And then you have to do something called a rendering. And what you do when you do that is you take your little tiny picture, and you're trying to make it HD quality, like you'd watch on a TV, because that's what you want it to be. And so you set it, and because your computer isn't very good, because you got a computer that was state-of-the-art like four years ago, you set it, and then you go to sleep, because that's what you have to do as your computer <laughs> renders. And then you wake up in the morning, and Windows decided to update Yes. on like hour 10 and 20 minutes. <laughs> and you wake up and there's nothing you can do. And a day is fucking gone because you can't both work and render at the same time. And, and days, you're at least in three hours. And days disappear from your life. Um, um, I can tell you from personal experience making the Ninjas movies that this is real. This really happens. We were, we were late delivering Ninjas vs. Vampires for this reason. Um, so so I can tell you from, from what they need point of view, that is that is very real. The other thing I want to tell you is this is, as much as we've had other things on and, and we've had a bunch of people with their Indiegogos come on, um, I think the cool thing about this is very rarely does someone basically pimp out, look, give us 30 bucks and you have a gateway to the people who made the show. You can talk to the people who made Star Trek for $30. You can go get Starbucks breakfast for you and a couple friends tomorrow morning once, and you know what? Ten hours later, it's poo. It's poo. It's no different than, than eating your Captain Crunch. It's poo either way. But you can spend that $30 instead. You can eat your Captain Crunch, and then just go and, and, and give the $30. Don't even give it to these guys. Maybe you hate these guys. Maybe you don't care about ships. But goodness gracious, you can talk to people who make Star Trek for real. And, and, and Q&A with them and, and say, hey, why I, I would love to go on and be able to go, hey, why why the Defiant? Tell me about the Defiant. I have a Defiant uh, uh, Christmas ornament. Tell me about making that. And you have, the, you have a gateway to these folks. And I don't, like, that is, that is a perk that I've never heard of before. Um, it's unusual. Um, these are nice guys, uh, and this is a, a worthy cause, not only because they, like us, are making Trek content for you, for free, um, but that that the perks are are unusual, and it's not just like a DVD or a T-shirt. This is this is something that that gives you a window into the world. So help them out. Uh, go to uh, trekyards.com uh, and facebook.com/trekyards. Uh, and uh, even if you're like, hey, I can't give, I don't have any money, or I want my fucking Starbucks breakfast in the morning. That's fine, man. Post them on your on your feed. And let your friends know about them. Um, or, you know, if push comes to shove and you're listening to this after the Indiegogo ends, um, look, you can't give to them anymore, but what you can do is you can go on Facebook and like them and watch their shows. If they don't want you, if you can't give them money, give them your fandom because they're worth it. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Stuart and Samuel from Trek Yards. Thank you so much for coming on Trek Off. Thanks for having us. Um, uh, Alexia has a sign-off that she says uh, for every show, and we're going to give you guys the opportunity to say it. She ends every show saying, Trek off, bitches, so it's your turn. Go ahead. Trek off, bitches. Trek off, bitches. And that was yeah. Trek Yards, man. They were so nice. 
um, even when we got off, um, and I'm sorry that you weren't able to like be there live when it happened. Even when we got off the the show, um, we chatted for a little while about stuff, and it's like, like just a really just kind of solid couple of guys. Um, uh, it's it's a show that is worth like. I kind of want to get into it and like check it out as a fan to go fuck. I want I want to hear from the guy who made D Space Nine why he made D Space Nine the way he made it. Right. Like that's that's like that's a decent like. Like we've had a lot of gets on our show, so I don't want to be too jealous of the fact that they got the you know designers of the ships. But fuck, we got to talk to those guys. Yeah, like I think that would be, I would be really interested to like, especially since I also like I said you know in in my sort of everyday life, like I'm sort of obsessed with space and uh, the idea of space travel in general, and like I wonder how much, you know what I mean is is inspired by that because they know that. You know, Side note, did you see the pictures of the uh, the astronaut in the International Space Station in the Star Trek uniform? Yes. Isn't How awesome cool? was that? This cool is what I'm saying. Like, because I feel like people who go into that, like, they're fucking Trek fans. Like, that's why they're out in space. Like, I'm sure Trek, you know, when they were kids, inspired them to be like, yes, I want to know what's out there. Like, I want to go do that. You know what I mean? Like, I find, I find that's definitely a cross section there. And I feel like there's things that get developed like something i've done recently that i had not that i had never done before um i don't know if you're familiar with i'm sure that you are with um neuromancer the book neuromancer i had never read it um but i had been told by people that i should and i finally got a chance to read it and there's so much stuff in it that like there's stuff that we have now that that really i think stems from there and i think this is true in star trek as well for a lot of things like a lot of the the ideas that we have and the things that we pursue are because of ideas put forth in in these fictions and we're like ah that sounds like a good idea i wonder if we could make that work and like it's it's a dream that sort of haunts you and then you know somebody much smarter than myself uh pursues that and tries to make it happen and i like i watched a whole program once too where they were talking about all the science of star trek and like building a ship and going out into space and like if that would work have i lost you i feel like i've lost you. no i'm listening i'm actually captivated by what you're saying oh that's sort of bizarre it's weird for you're, you're, you're not used to me listening i know i'm really not um so like yeah it was it was really fascinating to hear them sort of talk about all of the the separate theories that are used to power star trek ships um and, well, like, and they keep saying like we just stumbled on warp drive they keep like throwing that out there yeah like you go on google news and go have they have nasa just stumbled on light speed and you're like fucking really oh last thing i'm going to talk about today because i did read an article today have you read about the, about the replicator no oh no. this is awesome this is actually happening they're actually doing this they found a way um it's essentially like a keurig for food um, where they found a way to flash freeze dry gourmet foods um, uh, and de dehydrate and freeze dry uh, uh, gourmet foods without using any preservatives, give them a shelf life of two years, put them in a recyclable thing, and you essentially put them into what is like a Keurig and you program in what it is that you're making, and it adds uh, heat and moisture in the right uh, in in the right quantities, so that then two minutes later you open it up and it's a gourmet meal what and it's essentially a food replicator you you buy the pods you buy the food pods and then they, sure it's definitely a step on the right track i mean it's not quite like but it's not it's not nothing, frozen but it's not frozen and it's not microwaved and it's not full of chemicals you can do it with like they're getting like gourmet chefs to come up with meals and like trying to make something that 
tastes and because it's not microwaved, it's rehydrated and like stuff right. that feels feels and tastes the same as the real thing. Oh, that's fucking awesome. So this Isn't is what cool? I'm saying. Like we're I feel like the reason we have these these leaps and and like I'm saying, like somebody, you know, is much smarter than you know, than either one of us is inspired by these things and they dream about it and they're like, How do I wanna try to make this happen? I wanna try to make this real because that's an awesome idea. And like that's how we get a lot of the cool stuff that we get. You know, like, I so wonder if I like wonder that, if the, that seems like, like the kind of like shit too. that if if it's good, that could be like everybody like the way everyone has a Keurig now, like like yeah, no one no one would have imagined, you know, six years ago that everybody would just have a Keurig. Yeah, like that, that would that be that weird. So many people just like go I can make a perfect cup of coffee, boom, like that. Yeah, like they just put in a little pod, add water, and it's done. And it's you as know, good it as like Starbucks. And, yeah, like and, that's crazy. And the the idea that that's gonna that could possibly happen for food, like I don't have any. It's not gonna be as good as making it like totally fresh. But if it could of be, of course like, not. But they also talk about that on Star Trek. They talk about how like you know the difference between oh you've been eating that replicated food, like you know what I mean, like when like when Cisco goes back home and his dad is making him real food, you know what I mean. Like there's there's they definitely talk about the difference between them. You know, like and I don't know if it's just like and this is sort of up for debate, like whether it's psychological or real. Right. Like if it's like the kind of thing where like not probably not hipsters, but you know what I mean to be like, oh, well, that's not oh, what well, Star Trek thing. hipsters would be the greatest show. <laughs> I'd so be incredible. It'd be really <laughs> funny. But I just I think it would be interesting to talk to the designers of these. Shows like they will only the show go because I wonder if they if they take into account the real physical pro- like if those you know what I mean? If those design elements are born of an understanding of, you know, engineering that I don't have, you know what I mean? Like, and I find that shit fascinating. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's captivated me that, that article today. And then in terms of the neuromancer stuff you're talking about, it's, it's, the world's going to get really interesting. Anyway, listen, um, this has been a super long show. You got uh, Dr. Who, you got the interview, you got the replicators, you got fuck. We like, I don't even know how I'm going to describe this show. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Good luck with that. <laughs> it's a, I can't even say Smorgas of Borg because we've already used that name. And um, it's not even, but there's no Borg. So, like, that yeah. wouldn't be, that wouldn't be accurate. Um, but, uh, but, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, Kim, come check us out more. Come see us at Awesome Con. Come see us come. at Awesome Con, please. Like, I love, 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 love seeing you people in person. I just love it. What do you mean? It's you like people? amazing. You people. <laughs> You, my peeps my people that's what i mean by you people my people like you know like I, every time i meet somebody who's like super geeky like i met this really sweet little geeky girl um at my dance class like in the dressing room she's not actually in my class like she's just at the same dance academy and like as soon as we like lit on the same thing i think it was doctor who but it was like my people like will you just know like somebody drops Star Trek into a conversation or Doctor Who and you're just like, my and people. Like, I have a show. I have a show. You should listen. Like, I just love that. Like, it's a gr- it's so awesome. Like, this is great. Like having like us doing this and talking and I love it and have so much fun. But it's it's such a great time when we're out in person and like Agreed. our people are there. And 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 it's like be people. Let's let's be geeky together. You know what I mean? In a big room and make other people jealous that they're not in the room with us. Because that's be what I envision. Like I envision that there are people like outside that hear how much fun we're having and they're like, I wonder what's so awesome in there. <laughs> they keep <laughs> like, inviting us back, man. So that's gotta be a good sign. I anyway, think so. 
My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Trek to the off, beezes. Trek off, bitches! I said Trek to the off, beezes. I heard you. Like, like Ramona's going to jump in. I know. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs>so you just finished the episode and you're like hey that was fun i'd like more trek off to put in my ear hole to put into my brain part well that's really easy all you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com there's over a hundred hours of trek off it's free just go there trekoffpodcast.com or search itunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com that's really easy you can also like us on facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do like us there especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com that's our movie we're making a movie based on this the trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com, trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and trek off.